You're listening to The Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis of our sermon this morning is from the book of John, the fourth chapter, beginning in verse 5. So Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Joseph's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the sea to buy food. The Samaritan said to him, How is that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? And you are... Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right. I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem it's a place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You'll worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming is now here, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Here ends the text. Please be seated. And so here we are this morning, another week, another confused conversation with Jesus in the Gospel of John. Last week, it was Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews, a teacher of Israel. He came to Jesus armed with what he supposedly knew. Jesus takes very little time to show Nicodemus that he really didn't know much of anything. Nicodemus' last words in that conversation were, how can these things be? 
Now, Jesus didn't leave him hanging. He did go on to preach the basics of faith to Nicodemus about the Son of Man being lifted up to save people from perishing as Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness. Jesus literally tells Nicodemus, John 3.16. Jesus starts with the basics. Now this week, we come across someone completely different. This week, it's a Samaritan, a woman. One who had been around the town with quite a few of the Samaritan men. She came to the well wanting water. But what she needed was a word that would give life. What she needed was someone to restore her soul. She, like Nicodemus, is confused at the way Jesus talks. But she doesn't insist that she knows something until he has spoken to her for a while. And then she perceives that Jesus is more than meets the eye. So we have two different people from entirely different backgrounds, but both of them need Jesus. And it has been prophesied of him that he humbles the proud and exalts the humble. Nicodemus Nicodemus is left sputtering because, despite all of his so-called knowledge. Well, the Samaritan woman ends up drawing others to the salvation that comes from the Jews. But Jesus did not humble or exalt just simply to do something. But rather, he gets us to shed of what we know and brings us around to asking him for stuff nor that he can give us things, that he can give us great things. And that reading from John 4, Jesus is the one who starts off the question, with a question rather, but as that conversation plays out, you see Jesus brings that woman around to asking him for something. And she ends up with much more than water from Jacob's well. Jesus makes the turn in the conversation by saying, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink. If you knew the gift of God. Now we could probably say this woman is not so different from many people today. She appears to have followed along with what we could call the first article of the worldly creed. Namely, the purpose of life is to be happy. And so this woman chases happiness, who chases happiness doesn't appear to be all that different from modern Americans. In other words, she follows wherever her heart may romantically lead her. Five husbands are ready and working on number six. Now, that may seem a bit much to us, but how would a woman end up cycling through that many different guys? I'm guessing by following that first article that she chased what would ever make her happy or whoever could improve her life. And if she were a touch religious, 
So you probably would have phrased it this way. God wants me happy, doesn't he? That seems like a question we might be interested in. Does God want you to be happy? Well, I guess that depends on who gets to define happiness. What is it you're after? Does your version of happiness, as you think about it, put you in the center of the universe? Where everything else, even nature itself, sort of revolves around you? And are only wanted as far as they can cater to your whims? As you view your future happiness, does it include perfect weather, perhaps a mountain retreat, an attractive other? And no worries, no interruptions, no stress, no responsibilities. Because if it does, I would guess that God doesn't want that many people to be happy. Because that future only exists in commercials. But in chasing such a dream, you could see how someone could cycle through so many others as this woman did. But you also could see why the Israelites are never happy wherever Moses leads them. And they were never happy with whatever type of food and drink they get. In short, if your version of happiness puts you in the place of the creator, so that you try and arrange everything to suit you, and all bounds are out, be it geographical, familial, spiritual, or even physical, this will end up a lot of wreckage in your wake. Quite simply, no, that is not what God wants for you. Nor will you find it happiness that way. Because the problem is, <clears throat> Jesus will somehow show up while you're chasing that. Either in person, as he did with that Samaritan woman, or he does it through other means, be it his word, when you try and, and avoid, which you try and avoid, but you end up hearing at some point. Or it could be through the mouth of another person who has interacted with Jesus before. And when he shows up, whether or not it's specifically stated this way, he will present you with an alternative to your view of the universe, of your universe. If you know the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And that water, he tells you, will quench your thirst because it'll well up to eternal life. Note how Jesus, not so subtly, puts himself back at the center. If you knew who he was, he says, then you understand who you should ask. And the reality is, eventually, everyone gets around to Jesus. Everyone gets around to the claims that Jesus makes. 
Either he was the one who was lifted up on the earth in his death and then raised three days later, or he's not. It's an either or. But he is, if he is, rather. Then he is the center of the universe and not you. You can look elsewhere. But everything else will make you thirsty. You have to constantly keep searching for something to quench you. But whatever it is, and whatever your dream it might be, it will ultimately not satisfy you. Now granted, Jesus can be resisted. Jesus can be ignored. But since he is the creator, and we happen to be in his world, they're going to be bumping up against his designs, his bounds, and his laws. They're going to be at odds with what he created you to be. Now, you may make light of it, but it's not going to end up well. This is the truth. You're not your own. You belong to someone else. But this is true also. Jesus does want you to be happy. Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. Ask him and you will end up blessed, even happy. But it will be on his terms. Not your terms. And it probably won't look like a commercial based upon the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. The thing is, Jesus makes claims on each one of you. He makes claims on your body, on your money, on your time. And there are correct and incorrect ways to use all of these. And the conversations he has in his word tells you what they are. So let Jesus define you. Let Jesus tell you why you are here. Let him tell you what your body is for. Let him tell you what your money's for. Let him tell you what happiness is. And true blessedness is. Those conversations may be awkward. They may be confusing. Especially as we come to him with worldly eyes. Please begin those, begin those conversations so that you may ask of him. He will give to you living water. Welling up to eternal life quenching your thirst that you need not look elsewhere other than to Jesus. We are confused unless we let him teach us. We are without knowledge. We do not know what we're truly seeking unless we let him teach us. 
if you knew the gift of God. The gift of God, the one, as Jesus told Nicodemus, the one and only son whom God gives, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That gift, that gift and what he offers is found nowhere else. Both of those characters in, we've met in John 3 and 4, Nicodemus and the Samaritan woman are sinners. Both of them needed Jesus. And so does every single one of us. And he's the one who comes to you today it comes to you in word, body, and blood. Come and receive. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpass all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was filled with joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word. If you have questions or would like more information about Hope Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.hopeaurora.org. Send an email to office at hopeaurora.org or call us at 303-364-7416. This has been The Word of Hope.